The following is a presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for high school sports. This is Scoreboard Saturday on News Radio KMAN. Well, we're back again. As we are every Saturday morning, News Radio KMAN, Scoreboard Saturday. And I am your host, Andrew J. Shaw, also known as AJ Shaw, here on News Radio KMAN. This show always brought to you by the great folks over at WTC Communication. WTC keeping you connected with the fastest fiber network internet speeds. Get your home or business in the game online at WTCKS.com. That's WTCKS.com. WTC had a big announcement earlier this week. Well, they'll be expanding uh, network internet throughout Manhattan, which is a pretty big deal. So congratulations to the great folks at WTC who have been sponsoring this show for several years. And we always appreciate their help out on this show. As we bring you the scores from across the area uh, every single week from the Centennial League, the NCKL, the Mid-East League, and the Twin Valley League. Uh, but this week, a little bit of a special episode for you as we dive into our substate preview. We'll start out, of course, with the Centennial League. Uh, the brackets coming out this morning. We're going to try to go through the brackets. This is the first time I'm looking at the brackets uh, s- since they came out. Uh, so it'll be kind of a it'll be a first time we're looking at them. I'm I'm not going to be totally surprised because I've kind of had an idea of who's going to play who. There may be a few changes here and there, depending on how the last few games went. But we're going to try to dive into that. Uh, we'll sit down with Wamigo girls coach Brian McIntosh in our second segment, and then Rock Creek boys coach uh, Justin Smith in our third segment. And then in our final segment, we'll receive uh, another wrestling update from Troy Coverdale as uh, he will recap what went down at the at the state yes at state yesterday. We'll also have more wrestling updates for you throughout the day here on News Radio KMAN. We'll have K State basketball for you as they take on BYU a little bit later. And we'll also have K-State Baseball as they play Game 2 of their series against Holy Cross. So a big sports weekend for you here on K-Man. So uh, we'll start it off a little bit with high school basketball. We'll start with the Manhattan Indians. Their last game was on Tuesday as they took on Topeka Hayden. Uh, Topeka Hayden, one of the better teams in the state of Kansas, even though they end up finishing the season third in the Centennial League. Emporia uh, one last night over Washburn Rural. They had already clinched the Centennial League. Uh, the Spartans now 18-1, and 10-0 on the season as they win the Centennial League. K-State women, girls, not a not, – I'm not K-State women. Manhattan girls, not a great way to finish the season uh, as they drop their final three games. All were very close games. Uh, they lost a one-point contest to Emporia on the 13th. They lost a f- six-point contest to a very good Washburn Rural team on the 16th, and then – They lose by 13 to Topeka Hayden uh, on Tuesday, uh, which they end their season at 10 and 10. Uh, The last we looked, it looked like they would probably be a six seed uh, in the sub-state brackets uh, for uh, the 6A West side of things. And I'm just going to tell you this right now. It is sometimes really hard to try to find these brackets uh, for 6A, but as we dive in here, uh, to the 6A West, we view the brackets here for Substate. There's a lot of things to go into it. 
Uh, but we're going to try to dive into some of these scores here really quickly before we dive into uh, the brackets in our next few segments. Uh, but Topeka Hayden, they end up losing to them. Manhattan boys come back, though, respond with a nice victory. It was a very high-scoring game in that one. 77-70 to 70 the final score. So the Manhattan boys do finish their season on the right foot with a 12-8 and record, 6-4 and four, uh, over Topeka Hayden, who really had a rough year. Uh, their only win in Centennial League play uh, was against in-town in rival Topeka High last Friday. Uh, so they lose to Manhattan in a very high-scoring game. The Topeka Hayden girls, on the other hand, had a pretty good game. They go 16-3. and They ended up winning that game against Manhattan. Topeka High boys, their season ends in kind of a rough uh, loss in overtime, 67-64. But they go down to a Junction City team. And we talked to Nick Perez on the show last week, the head coach, who finished 18 and 2 and 9 and 1. The first ever Centennial League championship for the Junction City Blue Jays, who are one of our area teams. Congratulations to Nick Perez's team. They're probably going to be a two seed uh, when we look at the substate brackets in our next segment. So a lot to kind of be proud of. They only lost two games, and surprisingly, their only loss in conference or league play was to the Manhattan Indians at 65 64 loss. Uh, to Manhattan last week, uh, but a lot to be proud of for Junction City. It's been a great season. Last year, they actually made it to state. They ended up losing uh, in overtime to the runners-up in the 6A championship last year to Blue Valley Northwest, but uh, just a great team this year. I mean, Nick Perez's team was very solid throughout the year. Topeka High gave them a scare. They took them to overtime, but in the end, they come away with the three-point uh, victory in that one. Washburn Rural, another solid season for them. The girls didn't lose last night, as I mentioned, to Emporia. Uh, but Emporia is a very good team. And they're a team that you're definitely going to have to keep an eye on as you dive into the substate portion of the bracket uh, in the 6A. I mean, they are not a team that you want to mess around with. Washburn Rural boys, even with their you know kind of mediocre record, they still win seven games in conference play. I mean, that's pretty darn good. You know, they had a very good season outside of the record. I mean, they started 0-6. They lost their first five games. They lost three games at Prairie Village. Uh, they ended up um, losing the first league game to Junction City by three. But then they go on a run, beat Topeka Hayden, beat Topeka High. Uh, they go 2-1 and one in the Pittsburgh tournament. Then they come out of that tournament after losing to Olathe East. They beat Blue Valley. They beat Emporia. They beat Manhattan in overtime in a big game. Uh, they lose to Junction City at home, but then they come back and they win the next three. So for Washburn Rural boys, they're going to be a threat in the playoffs. Even if their record may not stand out to people overall, that's a pretty good team going into the postseason. You know, we'll talk more about Wamego girls in the next segment, but they had a bit of a scare near the end of the year. But in the end, they were able to, you know, get a win over Concordia, 40-39. to I have that score wrong in there for some reason. Let me just fix this really quickly because I have OCD sometimes on that stuff. But anyways, I fixed that. They had some injuries near the end. Lexi Hecht, as we know, she broke some fingers in her hand. She's going to be out the rest of the season. Riley Meinhardt, another one of their top players, she ended up uh, tearing her ACL. That's just terrible to hear. And we, you know, prayers to them both uh, as they get onto the recovery with from their injuries. Uh, but they pick up a win against Concordia. They don't win the NCKL. Clay Center does. Uh, but... I mean, Wamego Girls is is another team you got to keep an eye on. I mean, remember they started five and one in league play, ladies and gentlemen. 
Wamego boys, they picked up a big win over Concordia the other night, 52-41. That was a big win. That was a major win. They needed that one. Clay Center, the girls' side, did fantastic. Down the stretch, they got hot. You know, they were sitting at 7-7 seven and seven at the beginning of the month after they got blown out by Silver Lake. Sorry about that. Uh, but then they come back. They beat Republic County in a, in a non-league game. They beat Marysville. Uh, they end up beating Mary. I, I said Marysville. They beat Wamigo on the road in a major game. Beat Abilene twice. They lose a game to Concordia. Uh, but they end up winning the league, which is a big deal. 7-3 and three overall. Clay Center boys, they had a tough end of their season. They lost their last three. But they were sitting in contention there for a while. Uh, Abilene boys. They end up winning the NCKL on the boys' side. They were just dominant all year. Didn't lose a game in league play. In fact, they, outside of the Hayes game on the 13th, they lost one game from the 26th of January to the end of the season. That's a hot team coming in, folks. They're one of the best teams in 4A. They're going to be a threat. Uh, Concordia girls, we mentioned, they got beat on Thursday to Wamigo. That hurts because you don't win the NCKL title, especially because you beat Clay Center twice. Actually, you beat Clay Center once. I'm sorry. They lost to Clay Center on the 19th of December. But, you know, you lose to Wamigo by one at home. That stinks. But you're still a team that's going to be a threat coming in. Concordia boys are a threat. You know, they ended up losing to Wamigo too. But they're going to be a threat going into postseason. You just you never know with, with these teams who can get hot, who won't get hot. You know, Chapman girls, you know, 5-5. Five and five, they've, they've been able to kind of manage their own in, in league play. You know, Marysville girls, very solid team. They have a losing record, but a 6-4 and four record in conference, in league play, I'm sorry. I keep saying conference because where I'm from, it's called conferences, um, and K-State as well. But, you know, they're a, a team that you can't take lightly. Same thing with Marysville boys. They're 10-10 ten and 10 overall. Yeah, they have a losing record in league play, but, you know, you can't, you can't, you, you can't let them, you can't get down on them. Uh, Riley County, as we dive now into the Mideast League, I'm just kind of going through here and reviewing the season. Riley County girls, I'm very impressed with what Kelsey Nelson has done. You know, they lost a few players. They didn't get off to a great start, but this was a team that went to state last year in 3A. Uh, they got to go on the road on Tuesday to Rossville. We'll dive more into that uh, later on in the show as we get into the Mideast League stuff and we kind of dive more into where Rock Creek is sitting at and all that other stuff. Uh, but they beat St. Mary's. That's a tough team to beat. Uh, 25-24 was not a high-scoring game by any stretch, but Riley County girls finished 12-8, and 5-5. and five. Great coaching once again by Coach Nelson. I mean, she she really has put that team in a perfect position to be successful, even if they got to go on the road to Rossville. Riley County boys, they got to go on the road to Rossville. Uh, their record not as pretty as the girls, but, you know, you just never know in postseason. Rock Creek boys, we'll dive more into them later on. We'll know a little bit more about their playoff situation in just a second. Silver Lake girls, fantastic. Remember we talked to their coach last week. They go 20-0. They blew out Wabunsee the other night, uh, 58-36. They go 20-0, 10-0 in league play. That's pretty darn good. How about Silver Lake boys? You know They're not a slouch either. I know the girls are getting a lot of the headlines, but the boys are 13-7, 6-4 in league play. They had dominant wins over Royal Valley and Wabunsee last week. One by 31 over Royal Valley on the road. One by uh, 15 over Wabunsee. Rossville girls, another team you have to keep an eye on. They are a very talented team. 16-4 and four for the season, 8-2. and two. They dominated Rock Creek the other night. It wasn't even close. Blew out Riley County last Friday. Rossville boys, another team you can't be quiet on. Records not as, 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 as out there as the girls' side is. But ten and eight, six and four overall. You got Wabunsee girls. 
you know, they're they're eleven and nine. They're they're not great in the conference side of things, but they're still a team that's pretty darn good. Wabunsi boys struggling. St. Mary's girls, they have a losing record in conference, but they're a much better team than that league record says. Much better team. Boys, much better than their league record says. They're thirteen and seven. They're not a slouch by any stretch of the imagination, ladies and gentlemen. They're a very good team. And that's the important thing to remember. All right, when we come back, we'll talk with Wamigo girls coach Brian McIntosh. I've been plugging in a bunch. We'll also dive into the substate brackets. It's all coming up next on News Radio Cam and Scoreboard Saturday, powered by WTC Communications. Well, I lied. Not really, I didn't lie. I just, I ended up being wrong. So the brackets are not out yet for 4A, 5A, and 6A. So what I'm going to do is we're going to kind of dive into what, where teams are going to be sitting at in this little prediction I get. By the way, Charles Cheney at the Butler County Times is fantastic on this. These aren't fully accurate. And again, I just want to preface these are not the official uh, standings. We'll probably know more in the day, and we'll dive more into it next week. I apologize. I, I thought they'd be out. I've been looking everywhere, and they're just not out yet. Now, 3A is out. Uh, that's how we, we know where Riley County is going to be at, so we will get into that. Uh, that's been released already, and we can, we can dive into that more when we get into uh, Rock Creek, Riley County, that kind of stuff. We'll start out with Wamigo. We sat down, of course, yesterday with Coach Brian McIntosh. Um, right now, it's looking like in this bracket, and this could be end up being wrong, but it looks like Wamigo may play Chanute. They could also play Lewisburg. There is a possibility they play Lewisburg. Uh, right now, Ottawa is lined up to play Lewisburg out of the east. That is a possibility. Rock Creek girls, on the other hand, are... Uh, expected to potentially match up with Bishop Miege, who's very good. And I think most people that know the Kansas City area, Bishop Miege is very talented. They've won a lot of state championships, both boys and girls. Fort Scott, the number one team on the east side. By the way, welcome into Scoreboard Saturday. If you're just joining us, News Radio Cam and WTC Communications, our sponsor. I'm A.J. Shaw, your host. But right now, it looks like Wamigo is going to play Chanute. That's what I'm looking at right now. Again, that could be wrong. I could be totally wrong about that. They could play Lewisburg. There is a possibility Lewisburg is their opponent. But it looks like right now they have Chanute. That's what I'm seeing on my thing. Now, when we talk with McIntosh, he thinks it's going to be Lewisburg. It could be Chanute. We don't know. But we talked with Brian McIntosh on the, uh, yesterday, and here's his thoughts on his team going into Substate. Joined now by Wamigo girls basketball coach Brian McIntosh. Coach, thanks again for joining us. Uh, you finished up your season on Thursday, last night, when we're talking, uh, with a big win over Concordia. You finished your season uh, with 15 wins, a 6-4 and four record in conference play. You now head into sub-state. Uh, at the time of this interview, we still don't know who that opponent will be, but it's believed that you guys will probably play Chanute on the east side of the 4A bracket for sub-state. Uh, Talk a little bit about the last game with Concordia. What kind of stood out to you in that one? 
Well, we've gone through quite a bit of adversity, um, just with injuries, uh, with Riley Meinhart tearing her ACL and, um, um, Lexi Hecht, she broke two of her fingers, so she's out for the season. So, you know, we, we lose our two most experienced players and, and we've been looking here in the past couple of weeks for people to step up and, um, step into those roles and. And so, you know, I've been very impressed with, um, you know, just how the girls have kept coming back to work, even with the losses that we've had, um, and still working hard and, and trying to get things turned around. And, you know, I think last night was, um, you know, a great step forward for this group uh, where they gained some confidence and beating a very good Concordia team. Yeah, Concordia definitely was having a great season Uh you talk about injuries. Obviously, you lose Lexi Hecht, who was one of your better players. She tried to come back, I know, for a couple of games, if I'm not mistaken. And you lose Riley Meinhart. Uh, who's had to kind of step up for you with the absence of those two uh, experienced players? Yeah, everybody has. Um, you know, we've, we've tried a lot of different lineups. Um, it, bringing in freshmen, you know, we've, we've had three freshmen getting some minutes and then some sophomores and juniors. Um, stepping up and so you know we all know that no one's going to replace Lexi or replace Riley um, but we're hoping to try to do it as a team and everybody has to step their game up a little bit um, and I, I think it finally started resonating last night a little bit um, you know Sarah Springer is our lone senior now playing and you know she stepped up into a role playing point guard and um, Soraya Pittenger-Reed has stepped up um, you know, Bella Wilbur stepped up, Greer Panzer. I mean, all these kids have stepped into different roles. And, um, you know, it's just been big for us. And then, like I said, we have three freshmen that are, you know, getting kind of thrown into the fire and trying to learn on the go. And, um, you know, it's it's been tough, but, you know, they're, they're coming around. And like I said, the confidence is really um, coming through as of last night. You mentioned uh, Soraya. She had a big game against Concordia, 17 points, four boards, three steals. Uh, where have you been primarily playing her at, the forward position? Um, no, she plays guard for us. Um, okay. you know, she's, she's kind of a lockdown defender for us. Mm-hmm. Um, she always guards their best uh, their best player, their best guard, and, um, and, and she's being asked to score now. And you know, We challenged her at halftime to come out and be aggressive and get to the rim. Um, and so it was it was really neat experience for her to to get the game winning shot there, and she drove it in hard and um, got to the rim and got fouled and finished it and completed the three point play and you know put us up by one, which ultimately won it for us. Um, so I'm I'm very pleased with her and I'm very happy for her because she's a great kid and she works hard at it and you know she takes she takes coaching and you know she applied it and it was great to see her have that success. As I mentioned, we they haven't determined yet who's going to be your opponent. We'll probably know more by the time the show airs on Saturday. But right now, it looks like you'll be a four seed. You're going up, as it's projected, you might go up against uh, Chanute. Uh, tell us what you know a little bit about them, if you have if you have a little bit of experience with them in the past. Well, I think, you know, the, the way it looks now is we'll probably end up playing Lewisburg. Um, they won, and All so right. unless um, Chanute would win significantly they may jump but yeah um it's looking more like lewisburg right now and okay. we actually played lewisburg um 10 games ago right after our tournament and mm-hmm. so we're a little familiar with them mm-hmm. um, you know we beat them 
beat them then. Um, but they've improved a lot over the course of the, the season. And so, you know, when it gets to postseason play, you know, you better be um, locked in and, and ready to play hard and compete because, you know, it's, it's winner go home. Well, and you've mentioned it, obviously, with injuries. You have a lot of younger players out there. How are you getting them prepared for kind of the atmosphere that substate in the playoff spring? You know, we don't do anything differently all season. You know, we come in and, and we practice hard and, you know, we watch film. And, um, you know, I mean, we go through things with them uh, that the opponent may do. And so they've been doing these things all season. Their roles have changed a little bit, so maybe their focus is more. Um, you know, but we just try to, we try to come in every day and work extremely hard and be very detail oriented. And, you know, hopefully when the postseason gets here, you know, that carries over. Um, you know, it, this will be the first postseason for, you know, all of these girls that are playing significantly. Um, and so, you know, it's just an opportunity for them to learn and to grow. Uh, what I love about it is, you know, we potentially have two home games. We will have that first one at home, and, you know, as long as we take care of business there, we would play, you know, the substate championship at home, too. And I think that gives them a lot of comfort because they love playing at home, and we have a terrific uh, following. Well, that, that's big, too. I mean, when you're having that, you have that chance to play at home in front of a friendly atmosphere instead of having to, you know, go on the road to a place that, you know, you haven't been to before or you're not familiar with. So that's obviously a big importance. You look at some of the teams. I mean, you got some good teams at the top. If you play Lewisburg, they're, they're definitely going to give you a challenge. But you got, you know, as you get kind of deeper into substate, you got Fort Scott, who's really good. Bishop Miege is really good. Ottawa is really good. So a lot of tough teams definitely on your side of the bracket for substate. Yeah, so like the way it works in 4A, you know, you have four sub-states basically. So, you know, I mean, if we did take care of business um, against Lewisburg, then, um, you know, we would probably play Labette or Holton next to go to state. Um, and, you know, traditionally two really good programs. And, um, you know, we haven't had a chance to, you know, look at them. We, we try to take one game at a time. And um, so we'll be locked in on Lewisburg. But, you know, I mean, as long as we take care of business, you know, we like our chances, you know, playing at home and playing against um, any of those guys. We were talking about it a little bit before we got into the interview, but uh, the NCKL was crazy this year. I had a bunch of teams kind of coming down to the end there with, you know, who was going to end up being the champion. You fell a little bit short, unfortunately, but uh, in the end, I mean, were you doing a little bit of scoreboard watching or were you just kind of just paying attention to what your team was trying to do? You know, I mean – we started out the league five and zero, and then you know um, we have our injuries, and you know for two weeks we're going through the the gauntlet of you know the top teams in the league, and um, at that point we really weren't trying to focus on them. We were trying to focus on how we wanted to play, you know what positions each person was going to play, what we were going to run, and so it's almost like the season started over, and so. Um, it was kind of like square one for two weeks. And, you know, I feel, I feel like now we're you know, getting into a little bit of a groove, um, you know, with where kids need to play and how they need to play. So, you know, no, I just, you know, sometimes you worry about those things, but in this case we really didn't because we were so focused on um, how to get these kids uh, going in the right direction. 
Yes. Uh, well, Coach, uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you, and it's been a pleasure to get to cover you this season. And uh, looking forward to see how your team does in Substate, and hopefully uh, we can talk down the road, and hopefully it's in the lead-up to a state championship. Absolutely. I appreciate the time and the coverage. Head Coach Brian McIntosh, Wamego Girls basketball coach. Coming up next, we'll sit down with Rock Creek Boys coach Justin Smith here on News Radio Cam Ann. We're back here on Scoreboard Saturday, News Radio KMAN. AJ Shaw, your host on this Saturday. Of course, we're brought to you by the great folks over at WTC Communications. WTC, keeping you connected with the fastest fiber network internet speeds. Get your home or business in the game with WTC online at WTCKS.com. By the way, I don't know if you knew this or not. Maybe you did because you heard the ad break. Or maybe you didn't because you're just tuning in. But we're giving away an all-expense paid trip next February to Cabo San Lucas. Eight days and seven nights, a two-bedroom beachfront condo at Villa La Valencia. I know I'm going to get yelled at now by my mom because I mispronounced San Lucas. I know she's get, she's going to go, oh, you said it wrong again because that's what she does every week, even though I think I've been saying it right, but okay. Plus a flight for two out of Manhattan Regional Airport. Yesterday we had uh, Dave G. from K-Rock out at Parker Hannafin, who was our sponsor this week. For people who are signing up, 10 instant finalists got drawn, which means you're ultimately in the finals. So you may get an opportunity to get an all-expense paid trip next February to Cabo. Uh, this Villa La Valencia, I'm told, is beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Jerome Tang is vacation there. It's great. Uh, next week, our sponsor will be Carpet One of Manhattan. So go check them out. Carpet One of Manhattan also sponsored our uh, our game of the week for football over on our other sister station, B1047. Great sponsors, Carpet One of Manhattan. We appreciate all of our sponsors who are helping us out on this trip. Uh, but BriggsAuto.com bringing, us, bringing you this passport to Cabo San Lucas. Jerome Tang has been there before. And, uh, yeah. I'm going to get screamed at again. You said the name wrong. I'm sorry. I thought I said it right. Is it San Lucas? Fine, whatever. Anyways, I apologize to my mother for embarrassing her on the on the air. I really do. Uh, anyways, we're going back in now to basketball. In this segment, we're sitting down with Rock Creek Boys coach Justin Smith. We'll get into him, and we'll get with him in just a second. Uh, his team currently in this bracket, and again, things could change. Uh, they could either play Independence, who's up against Baldwin, or they could play Bishop Miege. And we talked a little bit about Bishop Miege. We also talked about his team, who are the winners of the Mid-East League, the final year that that league is uh, a thing. It's going to be going away after this season. And we had an opportunity to sit down with Coach Smith and hear his thoughts on his team as they head into Substate. Joined by Rock Creek head coach Justin Smith, whose team – Picked up the Mid-East League title this year on the boys' side, finishing 16-4 and and 8-2. and Coach, first off, congratulations on uh, the league title. I'm sure you got to be very happy and proud of your team. Yeah, we are. Um, you know, any time that, especially in the last, uh, you know, year of the Mid-East League, that you can do that, and any time you win league titles, great. But 
especially because the league is obviously disbanding and not not going to be anymore. Um, it meant a lot to our community and our kids to to be able to do that in the last year that it exists. You uh, finished your season out with uh, against Rossville. You ended up falling by seven, but it was a close ball game throughout. Uh, take me through how that game kind of went. Who, what kind of stood out for you in that matchup as you head into postseason? Yeah, Rossville's really talented. I mean, they have five guys that they start that are as good as five guys as you've seen all year long. Um, and so to go there and we beat them the first time and then the second game, uh, we, just, we didn't shoot the ball very well. We didn't take care of it very well. Um, Honestly, we got down about, I think we were down at 1.17-2 and kind of climbed back and took a lead in the second quarter. And it's back and forth from there. And, and honestly, we just didn't make enough plays down the stretch to, to finish out the game. But, you know, it's proud of our kids' resiliency. Uh, the community, it was great. They came out. It was really high-level game. Uh, a lot of people there. Uh, and it was great for our community to do that. Uh, but, you know, it was one of the things that I'd like to really play better down the stretch there, uh, but but just kind of happened that way that we just didn't make enough plays, and they did. As you head into postseason, what, what do you think has been this team's biggest strength throughout the season that you are uh, looking most forward to as you head into the playoffs for Substate? Well, the big thing that we've talked about all year long is we. I feel like this group really defends, we really rebound, and, and just the effort level is always there. Um, and I say that in the games here that we've not been successful in, um, you know, I thought we've lacked that a little bit. And so I'm hoping that, that we can kind of get, uh, you know, it's a new season, we're zero zero, and we get kind of get that fire back a little bit because, you know, if we're no matter what, we're going to host both games. If we are able to win the first subset game, we're going to have a chance to play home again because we'll be high enough seed and I guess I hope playing at home and, and hosting a substate gives us some motivation and, and some desire to come out and, and be ready to go on uh, next week. So obviously when we're talking it still hasn't been determined yet we'll probably know by tomorrow morning who your opponent will be but right now what I'm ha- what I have it says it has you as a three seed uh, which mm-hmm. means you would be playing Bishop Miege. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about them. Do you know a lot about them? Have you kind of looked at them in the lead up to this game? Uh, you know, we have some film. Uh, there's still a couple of scenarios. We'll either play Bishop Mage or we'll play Independence, one or the other. Um, you know, the thing about Bishop Mage, and again, being a private school and being in the Kansas City area, they only play in five and six A schools. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I truly think they're probably one of the four or five best teams on the east side, uh, even though the record's four and 14 right now. I, you know, they're playing the Blue Valley Schools, the Shawnee Mission Schools, and all those really high-level schools there in the Kansas City area. Um, and really the wins that they've got are the ones that they're playing, you know, your 4A schools. Um, so it's just one of those things that it, it doesn't matter what their record is because they're going to be they're going to be talented and they're going to expect to win because now they're playing against a level of competition that, that um, you know, is at the 4A level when they're used to playing 5 and 6A powerhouses in the Kansas City area all year. And, uh, I mean, you had a bit of an experience of playing some pretty good teams in the Burlington tournament. I know we talked a little bit about that when we last spoke. I mean, you played Burlington, you played Sabetha, even Paola, who you were able to beat handily. You you said you still had a team there that was a pretty tough team to play. Yeah, and and I, I feel like we can compete against anyone. I, I really do, um, especially at the 4A level. Um, you know, I, I think we will be ready to go and we'll have an opportunity to, to be successful in that game if we end up do, do, getting them. 
Um, it's just the mindset, you know, everybody hears about Mississippi age and everybody hears about how great they are in private schools and won all these state championships. Um, we got to get over that middle hurdle first if we end up playing them, uh, just making sure that we understand that we can compete against anybody. But our schedule has been tough. I, you know, I know if you look at the Mid-East League and, mm-hmm. you know, Ross Hill's 14-6 and six and, uh, you know, Silver Lake was 12-8 and eight or whatever it was, but those two teams were, were really talented teams. Um, they're long, they're athletic, and St. Mary's the same way. They have some real talented kids. So it hasn't like been like our schedule has been real weak. I mean, I really feel like we've played some really good teams and, and have beat some really good teams. And so I think we're, we're ready and prepared, and um, I think hopefully we, we've had some kids that have played in sub-state finals over the last couple of years, and, and so hopefully that experience as well continues to, to build off that. When you look back at some of those previous games, what are some of the lessons that your team learned from that that they could take into the sub-state this year? The big thing we talk about is playing at our pace and our style. Um, I really thought over the last big games that we've lost here down the stretch, we really got taken out of our pace. Um, you know, people have really have zoned us. I mean, they, they, that's one of the things. They really try to slow the pace down. Um, they they played zone. I mean, it's just, and then we haven't shot the ball well. And so against the zone, if you're not able to shoot the ball well and, and you really struggle with pace and all that, it it's really hard for it to be successful. Um, you know, we still defended pretty well at a high level in the four losses. We've still held people around 50. Uh, we just haven't been able to score. And so we went through a stretch there that we had some downtime. Uh, but I hope we learn from that and are have an opportunity to, to learn and understand that what it's going to take to be successful moving forward and, and you know, learn from our mistakes. Well, even with the last two losses still, I mean, your team started 8-0. Your defense continues to really just hold teams. I mean, you mentioned it. You haven't given up over 60 points or 60 or more points since the Burlington tournament. So your defense just continues to play at a really high level, even with this recent lull with a couple of straight couple losses. Yeah, and the, the big thing is kids are, for the most part, we're being physical, we're rebounding the ball, uh, we're keeping people out of lane, we're making people into shooters. And, you know, we've, we've been good on that aspect of it. And so one thing we talk about all the time as a program is, is defense travels. And no matter what, how well you shoot the ball or don't shoot the ball, um, you know, that's what's kept us in games here recently is even when we shot the ball really poor, we're still in it because we'll defend. And so I'm really proud of the group on buying in on that aspect of it. And I think we're giving up, like, in the low 40s for points per game. And, and it's one of the better defensive teams that I've coached. Absolutely. Well, uh, Coach, it's been a pleasure getting to cover your team this year. We appreciate the time again, and uh, hopefully we can talk down the road in uh, the lead-up to a state championship. I appreciate the coverage. Rock Creek boys coach Justin Smith, as his team will be uh, in the postseason. We still don't know who their opponent will be. We'll probably know more later today, but we're thinking it's going to be Bishop Meage, possibly Independence. Regardless, you never know in postseason. All teams are tough regardless of their record. We'll dive in really quickly. Uh, Actually, we'll do that next segment. We'll dive in uh, to what's going on with Frankfurt and Blue Valley, uh, the Rams and the Tigers, Frankfurt girls. uh, They had a bye this week since they're number one seed, but Frankfurt boys were able to pull off an impressive win uh, in their playoff game against Washington County. Same thing with Blue Valley boys who were going up against Pike Valley on the road. We'll get into that, plus we'll have a wrestling update from Troy coming up in our final segment. News Radio, KMAN.
We're back here on Scoreboard Saturday, News Radio KMAN. On this Saturday, the 24th of February, 2024, I'm your host, A.J. Shaw. Of course, our show brought to you by the great folks at WTC Communications. WTC keeping you connected with the fastest fiber network internet speeds. Get your home or business in the game with WTC online at WTCKS.com. That's WTCKS.com. They announced a big expansion. Going to be expanding internet connection in the city of Manhattan. So congratulations to the great folks at WTC on that announcement. They announced it on Wednesday. Either went, yeah, it was Wednesday. I apologize. I thought it was Tuesday for a second. But yeah, Wednesday was when they announced it. And uh, really a cool thing that they uh, ended up doing. So here in our final segment, we'll dive uh, into what went down in um, the playoffs for Frankfurt and Blue Valley. Frankfurt girls not playing this week. They will be, uh, they're on a bye. They'll be, uh, since they're the number one seed in 1A Division One, the Mankato Rock Hills uh, substate. So they'll be playing next week. But Frankfurt boys uh, had a pretty dominating win over uh, Washington County on Thursday, winning 44-19 to in the substate quarterfinals. So they will move on to play Osborne next Thursday in the semifinal. And uh, then, if they can win that, they'll move on to uh, the substate final, which would be next Saturday. Osborne, a two-seed, they uh, had a bye. So, Frankfurt will be on the road. That's going to be a 7.30 tip uh, for Mankato Rock Hills High School next Friday. So, any folks out there that are interested in checking out the Frankfurt boys, Head on out there. They'll be. Oh, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong one here. That's the girls' one. <laughs> I apologize. I was looking at the boys' one. I thought I was looking at the boys' one there for a second. They are taking on Osborne. Osborne girls are the number two seed. They have a bye. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. That was. Uh, it's been a slow morning for me. I apologize for that. Let me just pull up the boys here really quick, and uh, we'll get that corrected very quickly. So. Osborne is actually the one seed, and that will be next Thursday. All right, I got it right this time. Thursday, they'll be taking on the number one team, Osborne. That's a 6 o'clock tip next Thursday. If you want to see the Frankfurt girls, on the other hand, let me just, I thought I had it up here. I backed out of it. Frankfurt girls will be taking on uh, either Washington County or Mankato Rock Hills. That is a 6 o'clock tip next Friday. And uh, Frankfurt girls, as I mentioned, they have a bye. But uh, looking pretty good right now for Frankfurt girls. Brian Ebert's team is pretty good. They are pretty good. And that's not a surprise at all. We had a feeling going into the year that they were going to be pretty good because they usually are pretty good. And uh, that that was pretty much all that was needed uh, in that assessment. I mean, they are a pretty darn good team. Osborne on the boys' side, very good. That's going to be a tough game for Frankfurt boys. They're going to definitely have to come out and, and play their best ball game uh, next Friday. And, yes, I got that correct this time. Uh, over in Division Two for Class 1A, you have Blue Valley boys. Uh, they picked up a huge win over uh, Pike Valley the other night, 64-47. to And they'll be playing Axtell next week. 
Axel Boys, remember we talked to Jason Tynan's team back in January when we did a TVL preview, TVL tournament preview. Axel Boys are no slouch. That is going to be an insanely difficult game. And I'm not saying Blue Valley is going to lose. We, Blue Valley is a, a having a great season. We talked with their head coach last week, uh, Blake Franz, great guy to talk to, and we appreciated him coming on the show. And hopefully we can talk to him more down the road if he's out there listening. Uh, but that's going to be a tough game for sure. Uh, over on the other side, you got Hanover and Lynn. Hanover and Lynn, those are two other teams that are very good. Uh, Lynn absolutely blew out Southern Cloud the other night. 60-point win. Uh, Hanover beat Junction City St. Xavier. That's not Junction City High School. That's Junction City St. Xavier. That's a different school. 78-32. Uh, to 32. This is going to be interesting. I really love this bracket, by the way. This is a good bracket. These are all TVL teams outside of uh, Southern Cloud, J.C. St. Xavier, and uh, Pike Valley. You got Axtell, you got Blue Valley Randolph, you got Hanover and Lynn. It's a TVL Final Four in the substate. This is huge. And uh, you got some great ball games. And if you're headed, if you're out in the Randolph area, out here in Riley County, go to those games. Blue Valley Randolph is going to be the road team playing at home. It's kind of like when Tampa Bay was playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm not going to go further into that game for Chiefs fans. I'm sure they don't want to remember that. They just want to live off the high of... Uh, the Super Bowl pass, the Super Bowl championships they've had uh, in recent years. All right, I've been plugging for most of the show here today that we would have a wrestling update for you. Uh, yesterday, the finals for wrestling. Troy Coverdale has that for you. As the day started on Friday, Manhattan High had 13 wrestlers still in action on the brackets at the state wrestling tournament in Park City. At the end of Friday, they still have nine Two to wrestle for state titles on Saturday. Ezekiel Witt at 113 pounds. Caleb Hutchinson at 120 pounds. Also in the semifinals at 126, Cameron Coonrod suffered a defeat, as did Ben Ur at 157 pounds. At 190, Landon Dobson suffered a fall to Caleb Sharp of Olathe Northwest. And at 215, Raymond Gary Hernandez was dropped to the backside of the bracket with a semifinal loss as well. In consolation round three Friday afternoon, Jamil Agnew kept his season alive with a victory, as did Logan Lagerman at 144 pounds. Clayton Frayne recovered from his late Thursday night loss at 285 pounds to win by fall over Braden Shin of Olathe West. The only wrestler eliminated in the consolation rounds, Max Evans Pryor of Manhattan, as he fell to Griffin Bohannon of Junction City at 175 pounds. The Indians find themselves in third place. Quite a race atop the team standings. Mill Valley leading the way with 142 points. Washburn Rule has 139 and a half. Manhattan 139 going into Saturday's action. In the girls tournament, Manhattan's Sage Rosario will be the only Indian wrestling for a title. She gets a shot at an unbeaten season, having swept her three 155-pound matches through the first two days, all by fall. The Indians also with two wrestlers on the consolation side of the bracket it's still on Saturday. At 120 pounds, Kayla Kramer will wrestle in the consolation semis on Saturday after suffering a defeat to Ella Weber of Shawnee Mission West earlier in the day. And at 140 pounds, Elena Silver kept herself alive with a consolation round three victory over Olivia Stevens of Shawnee Heights. In 4A, the Wamigo boys have three wrestlers still alive on Saturday, all on the consolation bracket. At 138 pounds, Knox Karnowski. At 150, Thomas McIntyre. At 215, Jake Meyer. 106 pounds, Harry Costa had his season ended in the consolation round three action by Braden Lundstra of Augusta. Meyer and McIntyre both suffered semifinal losses to fall to the backside of the bracket. 
Rock Creek 157-pound wrestler Aiden McKinney saw his season end in the third round of consolations as he suffered a decision to Dalton Evans of Ottawa. At the 3-2-1A boys tournament, Riley County's Caden Gutch will wrestle Saturday, having gained a pair of Friday wins at 144 pounds. At the 4-1A girls tournament, Wamigos Peyton Brazel was eliminated in the third round of consolations by Carolina Northrop of Stockton at 100 pounds. Rock Creek's Brooklyn Bernheide was sent to the consolation bracket at 125 with a semifinal loss to Jill High of Augusta. She'll be the only Mustang wrestling on Saturday. For Scoreboard Saturday, I'm Troy Coverdale. Thank you very much, Mr. Coverdale. Great stuff, Manhattan and all the others. And, of course, Troy will have more wrestling updates through for you throughout the day. Uh, next one will be coming up at 9.30. We'll have one for you at 10.30, one for you at 11.30 uh, before K-State men's basketball. And then we'll have some throughout the baseball game today. Uh, so tune in at the end of the second, fourth, sixth, and eighth innings, and uh, we'll have uh, – We'll have an, we'll have a bunch of uh, we'll have a bunch of recaps for you because today is the championship. A uh, lot of t- guys coming to be in the wrestling uh, wrestling thing as we're uh, recapping what's going on at state this weekend. A lot of great wrestlers, and that's always fun. I always love wrestling state stuff. Uh, I went down there when I was in high school a few times down to uh, the Illinois championship, and boy, they were always fun to watch. They got intense down there, man, for sure. But uh, we appreciate Troy, and again, Troy will be back at nine thirty with an update for you, and we'll have updates throughout the day here on News Radio Cam. And like I said in the beginning of the of the show, uh, it's a big sports day going up for us here on K Man. Big sports weekend in general. We got basketball later. We got K State baseball. They were able to pick up a huge win yesterday. High scoring game, seventeen and eleven over Holy Cross. It was a little nervous there in the beginning. Holy Cross had at twice in that game two four run leads. They were up four nothing after a half and uh, 6-2 after 2.5, but K-State comes back, and uh, Matt Walters and Craig Wilson will have the call for you later today here on K-Man. 3.30 pregame with a 4 o'clock first pitch uh, from Toynton Family Stadium as the Cats look to go to 4-2, and two, the Bat-Cats look to go to 4-2 uh, and two on the season. That's the music. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. We'll be back again next week, same time, same place, 8 o'clock here on News Radio K-Man. For more Scoreboard Saturday, more interviews, more standings, more scores, and a lot more high school sports for you coming up next Saturday here on Scoreboard Saturday. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. Enjoy this nice weather. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. Go Cats!